0: A quick announcement about The Brief Podcast. If you're enjoying being kept in the know about the latest current affairs news, then you'll want to subscribe to The Brief Podcast as well as the Sherlux Podcast, as we'll be moving The Brief over to its own designated podcast channel in the next few weeks. Simply search The Brief Podcast in your podcast app and hit subscribe to stay informed. Time Time poor? Never get around to watching or reading the news. where you're not quite as on top of what's happening in the world as you should be. Well, The Brief Daily from sheerlux.com is the daily email that brings you the scoop on the breaking news and current affairs you need to know about each day. In this weekly podcast, we round up all those stories into one neat episode. So subscribe, keep listening and stay informed.
1: It's Thursday 30th of August. Our main stories in the brief this week are... Theresa May has been in Africa on a three-day trade mission. Arriving in South Africa on Tuesday, the Prime Minister said she wanted the UK to overtake the US to become the G7's biggest investor in Africa by 2022. She has promised an extra £4 billion in state investment, which she expects to be matched by the private sector. According to the UN Conference on Trade and Development, the UK directly invested £42.7 billion in Africa in 2016, compared to £44.3 billion from the US. The Prime Minister also told an audience in Cape Town that the UK was committed to maintaining its aid budget at 0.7% of GDP. However, following criticism from within the Conservative Party about the level of that spending, she imposed the new condition that overseas aid spending must now match wider national security priorities. After a meeting with South African President Cyril Ramaphosa, the Prime Minister's 28-strong delegation travelled on to Nigeria on Wednesday. This is where she restated her commitment to lead the Conservative Party into the next general election. With the annual Tory party conference taking place next month in Birmingham, the Prime Minister hopes to quell the threat to her leadership from Boris Johnson by refocusing her party on housing, healthcare and other non-Brexit domestic issues. While she was in Nigeria, she also launched two projects. The first one aims to return migrants and modern slavery victims from Libya to the West African country. The second is designed to secure Nigeria's border with Niger, which is on a major people-trafficking route to Europe. A UN report has called for six senior figures in Myanmar's military to be tried for war crimes at the International Criminal Court. The report is based on eyewitness interviews, satellite imagery, photos and video. It says the military has been killing indiscriminately, gang-raping women, assaulting children and burning entire villages in Rakhine and two other states that are home to Myanmar's ethically Muslim Rohingya population. It is also strongly critical of Nobel Peace Prize laureate Aung San Suu Kyi, who is Myanmar's civilian leader, but has failed to intervene to stop attacks. Since the violence began, 700,000 Rohingya have fled Myanmar for Bangladesh and as many as 25,000 people are estimated to have died. Last week, a group of 132 MPs from across Southeast Asia also demanded an international criminal court investigation into the crisis. They released a statement demanding that Myanmar's military is brought to justice for violent crimes against the Rohingya. However, the legal standing of the court is limited because Myanmar is not a member. Pope Francis concluded a two-day trip to the Republic of Ireland by leading mass at Dublin's Phoenix Park. It was the first papal visit to the country for 39 years. When Pope John Paul II visited in 1979, 1.25 million people turned out for his papal mass. Half a million were expected to attend on Sunday, but the Vatican has subsequently estimated there were 300,000 people, while other crowd estimates are even lower. On Saturday, the Pope met victims of sexual abuse by Roman Catholic clergy. Irish President Michael D. Higgins and Prime Minister Leo Varadkar also raised the Church's history of abuse with him. The Pope apologised repeatedly for the abuse and described those who covered up the crimes as caca, which his translator interpreted as filth one sees in a toilet. Varadkar said he must now ensure that from the words flow actions. But on Monday, a former Vatican ambassador to the US called on the Pope to resign for his complicity in the cover-up. In UK News, Senior Judge Lord Justice Irwin has called the UK's visa application system a disgrace. A Guardian investigation found that since 2010, the Home Office has made more than 5,700 changes to immigration rules. In that period, the rules have more than doubled in length to almost 375,000 words. The Law Commission is currently reviewing and simplifying the rules, but immigration and asylum barrister Colin Yeo has also called for a substantial rewrite. He said the rules have become so precise that applicants are forced to use a lawyer, thus incurring astronomical legal fees. After a jump in visa refusals and complications for performers last week, directors of some of the UK's biggest festivals wrote an open letter to the government demanding the overly complex process be made transparent. West Midlands police have said the woman who was stabbed to death with her mother in Solihull on Monday was on the phone to them as she was attacked. Raneem Ude had made multiple phone calls to the force on Sunday night before she and Koala Salim were killed in the early hours of Monday morning. Police say they responded immediately when it became clear the situation had quickly escalated. A manhunt is underway to find Janbaz Tarin, a former partner of Udez. Three addresses have been raided, computers and phones have been seized, and a van has been forensically examined. Police believe he has been protected locally and have appealed directly to Tarin to hand himself in. There is a £5,000 reward for information leading to his arrest. An investigation by The Times has found schools could be expelling badly performing pupils just before they sit GCSEs in order to protect their positions in league tables. Since 2014, over 30,000 pupils are reported to have been registered at state schools, but not to have appeared in GCSE results statistics. Some of those pupils will have moved abroad or to private institutions, but schools inspectorate at Ofsted said it was increasingly concerned about the process known as off-rolling. Consumer group Which has accused airlines of redrawing flight schedules to reduce the risk of having to pay compensation for delays. Its research shows more than six in every ten routes are now billed as taking longer than they did a decade ago. EU rules say passengers can claim up to €600 Euros for delays of more than three hours. Airlines have attributed the slower flight times to congested skies and to aircraft travelling at slower speeds to reduce fuel consumption. Citizens Advice has found almost half of tenants who formally complain about their accommodation are hit with revenge evictions by their private landlords. The charity's research showed an estimated 141,000 tenants have been forced out following formal complaints. Under the 1988 Housing Act, evictions are allowed even when there is no tenant fault. Those who complain via official channels are eight times as likely to face such evictions. Dan Wilson Craw of housing group Generation Rent said short term tenancies were disrupting the lives of millions of renters, including vulnerable groups such as the elderly and young families. In business news, British Gas has paid out £2.65 million for wrongly overcharging almost 94,000 customers who switched to other energy providers. Regulator Ofgem found the company had moved customers to more expensive tariffs, wrongly charged exit fees, and incorrectly told another 2.5 million of them that they risked an exit fee. British Gas blamed a system error and as well as refunding affected customers. It has now offered further compensation and made a payment of just over £1 million into Ofgem's Consumer Redress Fund. A surge in customer compensation claims could force the UK's largest payday lender to call in administrators. Wonga was once one of the fastest growing financial companies in the country, but since recently receiving a £10 million cash injection from investors, it has received a fresh wave of compensation demands from claims management companies. These companies operate on behalf of customers who took loans out at a very high interest rates before 2014. Wonga has already had to write off debts of £220 million for 330. pounds customers following a crackdown by the Financial Conduct Authority in 2015. In food news, the Centre for Economics and Business Research believes the beast from the east and the summer heatwave could force UK food prices up 5%. Economists from the consultancy said household food bills are likely to rise by around £7.15 a month because food production has been hampered by prolonged extreme weather. Wheat is a particular concern. The UK imports a lot of its grain from Europe, where the 2018 harvest is expected to be down 5%. Domestic dairy yields are also down, prompting a near 25% jump in the farm gate price of butter since March. The farm gate price, which is a product's price excluding transport and delivery charges, has skyrocketed for many other items, including carrots, lettuce, and strawberries. The Economist said the full impact of the extreme weather might not be felt by UK consumers for 18 months, but it could eventually cost them £45 million a week collectively. British fishermen have requested navy protection after five boats in the English Channel were surrounded by an estimated 35 French vessels protesting perceived overfishing for scallops. EU rules say British boats are allowed to dredge for the shellfish in the international waters of the Bay de Seine, but not within 12 miles of France. French fishermen only have access to the international waters from November to February and claim the British have been pillaging the scallop supply. Early on Tuesday morning, the rival fleets clashed in international waters, smoke bombs, stones and insults were thrown and boats were rammed before the British vessels withdrew. In health news... The Children's Society believes 110,000 children aged 14 in the UK may be self-harming, including 76,000 girls. After analysing research by University College London, the charity has reported that nearly one in four 14-year-old girls and almost one in ten boys of the same age have deliberately hurt themselves. Worries about how they look are a big issue for girls, especially, said the chief executive, Matthew Reed. The report also includes a survey of 2,000 households containing children aged 10 to 17 that suggests gender stereotypes are particularly harmful. It found that the children who felt least happy with life were those who felt boys should be tough and girls should have nice clothes. NHS figures show that in 2017, more than 13,000 girls under 18 were treated in hospital after self-harming. In 1997, that figure was a little over 7,000. The Advertising Standards Authority has banned an advert on Facebook for an app that offers a natural alternative to contraception. The Swedish maker of the Natural Cycles app has claimed it was highly accurate and a clinically tested alternative to other birth control methods, but have now been told not to exaggerate its efficacy. The app has more than 300,000 paying users, but is also being investigated by Sweden's medical products agency, which has received around 60 complaints from users about unwanted pregnancies. Researchers in China and the US have established a link between air pollution and reduced maths and verbal skills. A study of 20,000 Chinese people found they scored less well on cognitive tests after exposure to sulphur dioxide, nitrogen dioxide and small particles in the air. The researchers noted the effect of air pollution on verbal tests was more pronounced as people age, especially men, and the less educated. Their report also suggests that pollution increases the risk of degenerative diseases, including dementia. The Global Burden of Diseases study has found there to be no healthy level of alcohol consumption. The University of Washington-based project is the most comprehensive study of illness and death worldwide. It has found that even occasional drinking damages health, suggesting medical advice should be complete abstention from alcohol. The study showed 2.8 million people died as a result of drinking in 2016, with alcohol accounting for 20% of deaths among adults aged 15 to 49. In TV news, ITV has revealed that Holly Willoughby will join Declan Donnelly as a co-host of this year's I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. She replaces Deck's long-time presenting partner, Anne McPartlin, who is taking the rest of 2018 off after being convicted in April of drink driving. Other presenters who were reportedly in the running for his role include Scarlett Moffat, Stephen Mulhern and Kat Dealey. The series begins in the autumn. ITV executive Paul Mortimer has defended the casting decisions in hit show Love Island. Mortimer said ITV's choice of contestants could help combat Britain's rising rate of obesity by featuring aspirational bodies. He claimed scenes showing contestants working out in the gym promoted a healthy lifestyle to viewers. Love Island has attracted criticism from those who believe it encourages unrealistic body standards. NHS England chief executive Simon Stevens also warned of the dangers of a cosmetic surgery ads during the show. He said the commercials play into a set of pressures around body image that are a burden on other services. Former University Challenge contestants believe only a few women take part in the BBC TV show because many are put off by social media hostility. In an interview with the Radio Times, former winner Rose McCohen said there may also be an issue with women underestimating themselves and being hesitant to try out for the show. Another previous winner, Hannah Rose Woods, said that if you've grown up being told that something isn't for someone like you, it's hard not to internalise that logic. Also this week, the show's executive producer confirmed that its questions would be gender neutral in future. Peter Gwynn said questions should never sound as if they are directed more at men than women. Elsewhere in the world, British charity worker Nazanin Zaghari-Ratcliffe has been taken to hospital after suffering panic attacks in prison in Iran. She was released from Tehran's Evin prison for three days last week before having to leave her husband and daughter to return behind bars once more when her request for an extension was denied. After first being detained at Tehran airport in April 2016, the Londoner was sentenced by Iranian authorities to five years in jail for spying, which she denies. Senator John McCain of Arizona died on Saturday, a day after his family announced he would no longer receive treatment for brain cancer. The Republican candidate for the 2008 US presidential election, which he lost to Barack Obama, was in his sick term as a senator. He was also known for enduring five years of captivity in Vietnam after his fighter plane was shot down in 1967. Obama and George W Bush are both expected to speak at his funeral, but McCain is reported to have not wanted Donald Trump to attend. Vice President Mike Pence is likely to go in place of the current US leader. Two professional video gamers were killed by a rival at an esports tournament in Florida on Sunday. The attacker, who had apparently become angry after losing a match at the Madden NFL 19 event in Jacksonville, then killed himself. His victims have been named as Eli Clayton and Taylor Robertson, who were both leading players of the American football game. The local sheriff's office reported 11 more people were wounded in the attack and another two suffering injuries as they fled. In the last 15 months, Florida has also seen 17 people shot dead at a school and 49 people killed at an Orlando nightclub. Scott Morrison replaced Malcolm Turnbull as Prime Minister of Australia following a leadership struggle within the country's ruling Liberal Party. Poor polling results and a rebellion from the party's right wing forced an internal ballot that saw Morrison beat the rebellion's leader, Peter Dutton. Turnbull is Australia's fourth national leader to be ousted from the office by party colleagues in just 10 years. He will stand down from Parliament on Friday in a move that will trigger a by-election that could jeopardise Morrison's parliamentary majority. Morrison told reporters he would reunite his party with which he described as bruised and battered by recent events. Our facts of the week are... Goats are drawn to people with happy faces. Researchers discovered that when shown photos of the same person looking happy and angry, the goats went for the more cheerful face. Previously, it had been thought that only animals with close relationships to humans, such as dogs and horses, understood our facial cues. Speedway Stout Hawaiian Special Edition at the Craft Brewery Company pub in Old Street, London, is believed to be the most expensive draft pint in the UK. Brewed in California, the syrupy 12% ABV beer costs £22.50. Conscious perhaps of its strength as much as its price, the pub also offers it in a third pint. And finally, rapper Snoop Dogg is joining the ranks of celebrity chefs and publishing a book of his favourite recipes. From Crook to Cook will include Snoop's take on lobster Thermidor and filet mignon, as well as his billionaire's bacon and recommendations on his favourite crisps. The rapper, who was jailed in 1990 for drug possession with intent to sell, revealed his passion for cooking in 2008 when he joined television personality Martha Stewart on her show Martha. The book will hit shelves in October.
0: That's it for this week. If you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.